This is really a culmination of just something that I've been wanting to do probably for 15 years. creating original music that kind of comes up from the church and, and I've kind of had some songs that I've been um, you know kind of had around that I've resurfaced and then wrote some new ones for this even when I can't hear you when I've told the story about rescuer which you know is the title track of the of the album that song didn't wasn't necessarily born from this huge epiphany or you know, lightning bolt of, of inspiration or, or anything like that. I, it's, it's, I, almost, I don't want to demean it at all because of what the song ended up turning into for me personally, but when it started it was like, I'm going to just try to write a song. I, I got nothing. I don't have any inspiration. I don't have any big words. I don't have some vision from God that I'm trying to like now put into music. I'm laying down my at the foot of the cross. You know, there's other songs like At the Foot of the Cross, that that was, that was born from, I was desperate. I was really, and it was a long time ago that I was, I didn't know what was gonna happen next. There was a lot of transition in my life. There wasn't anything very certain or secure in the church that I was at. I didn't, know, I didn't even know if I was gonna have a job. I didn't know what to, what to do. And so from that angst and from that heartache and from that like, I don't know what's happening, I said, I will trust you, God, to carry me through tomorrow. That was very personal and very deep at the time. You know, I will, care, I will trust you to carry me through today. I will trust you to give me a hope and a future. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. It's a pretty cool expression when it's something that's coming from within. Um, I think the stories behind the songs, the stories of the songs uh, themselves, the lyrics, everything, our church is going to gravitate towards just a little bit more than wherever it, it, if it gets outside of here, great, I don't really care. But it was really just to kind of give voice to, um, to our church body. Of, there's a little snippet of what God's doing in our, in our midst. We do the song Wayfaring Stranger. My body is asleep in the churchyard. I'll drop the cross. And that before we know who Christ is, before we've come to know him, we are strangers. Um, thinking of God and heaven and the universe, it's all strange to us and we're strangers to it. But then when we accept Christ and love him, um, we have a rescue from um, all the travails, I think, that life can bring us and that we can rest in him. You're my hope when I'm hopeless, strength when I'm weak. You're my voice when I'm speechless. In Bobby's song, You Are, you're talking about God. God is the sunshine in our life. He gives us that courage. He gives us that boldness. He gives us that reassurance. And my wish is that we deepen ourselves in our faith, not only our religious 
the religiosity of what we do, but in the relationship between us and Jesus Christ so that we can actually see some of that food in our lives. Music is like a room where we meet with God. And it's this space that's created where we can be vulnerable and honest. And um, so I would hope that as they listen and as they engage with God, as they sing these songs, that they'll meet him. There's so many different styles of music on this. Um, everything from original songs to old hymns. And um, I think there's something for everyone. And um, I think just listening to the lyrics, um, that they would let them penetrate their heart and, and find a hope in that. Waking or sleeping, thy presence mine. When the music is good and the message is important, it just kind of can create a really powerful um, avenue for you know, to get that message across. And so, uh, and so, I just really hope that people can be encouraged. That they can be walk away saying, "Man, that's that's good." And that's true. That's that's what I would hope. Every try.
community. Uh, so glad that you're here. And uh, if you are new with us, I'm gonna just going to give you a little bit of a, of a warning right now. This is different. <laughs> this is not going to be a, a typical uh, service. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, much like if you were here a couple weeks ago when Troy just kind of shared his heart of his study break and, and what was God impressing on him. Similarly, I'm very, very thankful um, that that uh, I'm kind of given some similar space to talk about some journey that I've been on and our, and our team's been on and our church has been on uh, in really culminating in, in making this, this music album of songs that are representative of stories and of things that God has done in our midst. And so we're just going to be celebrating that. So you're going to be hearing some stories. You're going to be hearing songs. You're, it's going to be a little bit different than our, than our normal weekend. And, and that's, uh, that's okay. I think it's going to be a, a a beautiful expression of what God is doing in here. And so I would encourage you to engage. Uh, this is not meant to be a concert, or it's not meant to be just a shameless plug for a CD. This truly is meant to be a celebration of God, what he's done and what he's doing in the lives of people and of stories and in our church. And so when we do these songs, sing with us. Uh, when, we, when you hear stories, to just engage and identify and find yourself in the midst of these stories as well. And so to kind of set the stage, I want you just to close your eyes and really acknowledge where are you at right now? Where's your heart? Where, when, if somebody were to ask you, who do you say God is? How would you answer that? And some of us are gonna be bringing some warped and tainted pictures of that. Some of us are coming with, with some stories of celebration and victory. And all of those are welcome. And all of those make up our experience here this morning. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going we're gonna to get started. God, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. God, thank you for time and space to be able to gather. Thank you for creative outlets like music and poetry and word to be able to express the longing in our heart that is for you, and also acknowledging that we're never fully going to satisfy that longing until we're with you one day. But in the meantime, you meet us where we're at. You meet us in that longing. You meet us in, in the brokenness and in the fallenness. And so, God, let this be a time where we see you, 
we acknowledge you, and we respond to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A man once told me that he thought music wasn't worthwhile enough to study as extensively as math or science. I was taken aback, so I asked, sure, sir, these things are important, but are you trying to tell me that music has never taught you anything? And he was. Furthermore, he found music to be impractical, inapplicable, pointless. When, he asked, am I ever going to use music in my everyday life? Well, let me ask you, sir, when is science ever going to sing your children to sleep? When will pi times the radius squared ever rally people like a national anthem? Will I ever find myself seated on the side of the road sobbing because a statistic spoke to me? And the next time you're at a wedding and see a father and daughter dance together to the study of Darwinism, please feel free to tell me about it. True, music did not teach me how to do my taxes, but it did teach me about teamwork. It taught me how to feel free, how to be free and still follow somebody else's lead. Errors can be literally fatal in the scientific community, but in music, a wrong note can be forgiven. But how dare you perform without passion and without feeling? Man, are you trying to tell me that I was created in the image of a creator to live creating? And yet to make music is foolery? It's 2016 and people still seem to think that when God wants to celebrate, he finds a scientific journal to read. No. Our God is a mighty warrior who rejoices over us with singing. Friends, this is not a dichotomy. Science is still significant. Without sound waves, we couldn't have songs. But with all due respect, I don't dare downplay the power of music. When to play music is to be powerful. As Christians, God has commanded us to evangelize, and that requires a lot of power. So brothers and sisters, I beg you to every day of your life sing. Sing to the Savior who is sovereign over outer space. Sing to the Mighty One who manifests His majesty in mathematics. Just sing. Yes, I know I've said that God rejoices over us with singing, but when something is mutual, it's even more life-bringing. So to our perfect and wonderful maker, who made us perfectly and wonderfully, with all of the passion we possess, let us now fulfill our purpose to petition and to praise him.
I'm so glad that you guys are going to get to experience this new album from Bobby and the team. And I'm, I'm bummed I can't be with you, but I'm here in California, um, where a large part of our life and ministry was. And uh, what was so cool about where this where we used to live, this townhouse, we used to have it open for college and high school students. And sure enough, one evening, Bobby came in with his guitar, just depressed and down. And I'll never forget him saying, I wrote a song and us just begging him to play it, and it was at the foot of the cross. And he played it, and it was just, it so impacted us. And I'm so glad that you're gonna to get to hear that in a few minutes. It's really a song that talks about the coming to the end of yourself and all you having is Christ, and what a beautiful place that is to be, beautifully broken, and at that foot of the cross. And so, uh, as you sing this together, as you hear this together, gosh, enjoy the depth of where that song really came from uh, in Bobby's life. It's so cool to see uh, Troy in front of that house because I, told, I can remember the neighborhood, I can remember the street leading up to it, the entrance to that neighborhood, and he lived on top of this big hill, this big winding road that went up to the top of this hill, and I remember trying to run that hill one time and nearly, nearly passing out. But there's a lot of memories and a lot of uh, ministry and a lot of things that happened in that townhouse that Troy was in front of there, and uh, one thing that he, that he didn't tell you in, in that video was that the reason why I was down and depressed is because he said he was leaving. We, we, were, we had been, you know, built this, this high school ministry and been, you know, and I, I think I really found a lot of my own identity and worth in doing that. And then he says, by the way, I'm going to be leaving. And, and, I, and I just went, wait, what? And so I, I didn't have, a, you know, now this sense of identity was now taken from me. And so I, I, from that is where there was this angst and this like cry based on my circumstances, because my circumstances weren't very clear and there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. And so that's why, you know, at the time when I said, I, I'm gonna trust you to carry me through tomorrow, I'm gonna trust you to carry me through today, because it was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know how to, how to, how to manage life. And it was, you know, Again, very much driven by my circumstances. Now I know that if we began to survey the room, there's a lot of circumstances that are pressing right here, right now, that are demanding you to have to either run or say, I'm gonna trust you, God. You either say, I, I, I don't know what the, the future holds. And so, and it's almost an act of discipline because even when I, you know, when I wrote this song, there was doubt behind those words. In saying, I'm gonna trust you, there was still an element of like, I'm gonna trust you, but I don't know. <laughs> and so I know that there's probably some of you here that are facing circumstances that are unsure or maybe shaky. Maybe there's relationships that are, that are faltering or failing. You know, maybe there's job circumstances that are, uh, you know, recently lost a job or, know that you're going to lose a job, whatever it might be, your circumstances might be driving you to have to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, even though I don't know how that works. Now, the story of, of this song, when I, when I wrote that, it, 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 that was, you know, that was like 2000. That was a long time ago. And I still identify with those lyrics. And yet also, when I look back at the journey that I've been on, this, the song continued to have, take on life for me personally, because the second verse of the song I added about two years ago uh, because I, I had to take inventory 
of what was happening in my own heart and my own soul in identifying this legacy of guilt and shame that I had associated with. So it wasn't just based off my circumstances, it was based off of my worth and my identity. And so the second verse just says, I find I'm not alone at the foot of the cross. And this burden is not my own at the foot of the cross. I can see what I'm meant to be at the foot of the cross. I'm defining who I am by what was done on the cross. And so for, for me personally, again, it was years of journeying through guilt and shame and counseling to be able to identify where my identity lies. And so not either one of those are wrong or right because both are very true. Our circumstances are gonna dictate our, our cries of our hearts and our responses, but then also the truth of who I am and how I operate and the way I see the world and the way I see myself and the way I see God is also gonna dictate the way I interact with the world. And so both of those became very, very true and very, very real to me, and the common denominator was the cross. That whether it's this temporary circumstantial thing or the way I see myself in the world, the common denominator is Christ in the, on the cross. And so wherever you may be at, I hope that you would find your identity and be able to join in that cry, whether it's of your circumstance or whether it's your worth and identity, to find this common denominator of Christ speaking to you at the cross because of what he did at the cross. So we're going to sing this song right now, and I would encourage you to, to sing it with us and join in this, this cry of, of uh, finding him, finding him there at the cross.
have a seat and our, our kids are going to go ahead and be dismissed to their classes right now so grades one through four we love you guys we're going to be a high five and cheer you on as you go yeah lots of kids awesome and as our kids are making their way out i'm going to have those that are helping out with our first fruits if they can make their way forward and uh 
we're going to continue in, in uh, worshiping God through, through giving. So as they, uh, as ushers make their way forward, I'm going to just pray for this time of giving. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the promises that we get to hold on to that you have given us. And so, God, I ask right now that your presence would be felt and acknowledged and responded to. And that we would walk away from this place different than when we walked in. Not for self-serving reasons, but simply because we were able to meet with you. And we aligned ourselves with you. And so, God, even as we give, as we sing, as we gather, and as we learn, pray that you would make that true of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as that's uh, the offerings going around, I just want to uh, kind of give you a little bit of insight into some of my own, like, um, I guess, craziness and weirdness as an artist and as a, as a songwriter. Because um, songs are, they're, 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 it's, it's a very vulnerable, difficult thing to, to write a song. Because you're basically, it's like writing a journal entry. And most of you that write journals, I mean, if you're a, you know, an avid journal writer, I don't think it's too often that you go and record that journal entry into a microphone and then press it on a CD, make, make hundreds of copies, and then hand it out to people. <laughs> you know, it, it seems a little crazy to do that, but that's kind of like what it is. And so there's this like vulnerable, scary part of doing this whole thing. And so this whole morning, I'm like racked with tension over like, why am I doing this? Why, you know, I don't want this to be about me. I don't want this to be about this, you know, just trying to celebrate music for the sake of music, and, you know, all that stuff. And yet at the same time though, uh, when we share our heart is when we all benefit and can grow together. So whatever your story might be, you know, like I said earlier, there's a lot of circumstances in this room. If we started, you know, I just had all, I can look around the room right now and I can see stories that I know of that are happening and how powerful it is when we are vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share those stories with other people, how, uh, we feel less burdened by that if it's something dark or hard, and we have other people to share in that. And so songwriting is kind of a journey like that. And at the same time though, there's also like, okay, so again, please bear with me as you enter into the weirdness that is in here. <laughs> I have a really hard time uh, listening to Christian radio. I turn it on and I can listen to it for a little while and I find myself getting angry. Because it feels, so many of the, and I don't mean to judge the songs or the songwriters because obviously there's amazing people and amazing stories that are happening in there, but I find myself going, I've heard these lyrics before. I've, there's nothing that gives me insight into what's going on in this person. It's these kind of safe, easily applicable, plug and play songs that you could just put into any church and everybody would be able to celebrate and go, yes, that's true. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I find myself wanting to go a little bit deeper you know, I find myself wanting to say, man, uh, it's not that easy to make just a, a blanket song that says things that are true of God and almost remove the humanity from it. It's like we're, we're, we're trapped in this tension in real life of our humanness in the face of a divine God, in the face of a divine God that has called us to join him in his divinity. In his divinity. And so one of the most 
vulnerable songs that I think I've ever written uh, is also one of the most like campy. <laughs> because there's, there's this element of like journal writing, you know, like I'm pouring out my heart, and yet there's also this like, this, I gotta write a song. I gotta put this to music somehow. And so I remember setting out to say, I'm gonna write an upbeat song. Because again, one insight into the difficulty of an artist or a, a songwriter at least is, it's really easy for us to like write the like sad, like, God, I need you, God, I you know, and it's like this ballad that's heavy and dark. Like we all wanna do that because it taps into the tortured soul that we are. <laughs> and yet it's like discipline to write something upbeat and to write something that's fun, that celebrates, that says yes. And so I remember like putting my foot down and saying, I'm gonna write an upbeat song. And yet I'm also filled with that, that angst about like, but I'm not just gonna write like easy, safe stuff. I can't, it just, I'd go against everything that, you know, that I desire. And so uh, when I sat down to write uh, the song, You Are, it, like I said, it's probably one of the most vulnerable songs that I've ever written because it speaks again to that journey that I talked about in the other song, that journey of letting go of guilt and shame and coming to the end of myself and realizing that like I'm broken, even in my healthiest state, I'm still broken before God, I still need God, I still need him. And so, uh, and I guess to give a little bit more clarity to when I say I'm anxious about these things, I have a difficulty with some of the all or nothing language that's in a lot of worship songs, you know? I will give you all my worship, I give you everything I have, you know, like, because in the back of my mind I'm going, but I can't. And I know that I won't. I want to, I desire to, but is my best intention good enough for God? And I know that he's gracious and he hears us and he hears the intention of our hearts, so it's not wrong to say those things. But I just find myself saying like, I wanna be honest about what's actually happening, what is actually going on in my heart right now, in, 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 in my response to who he is and what he's promised. And so when I, when I set out to write You Are, the lyrics became very, very vulnerable and very, very true for me, and, and I hope for you too, where it just says, I'm letting go of the lies that I once believed, that I had to be something else than how you made me. And though I'm broken, I have faith in the promise that you gave. You know, and even pulling from, uh, come, I, you know, stole lyrics from the hymn, Come Thou Fount, to say, I'm prone to wander. I'm prone to leave the God I love. And yet, even when I fall, you say, get up, child, and rise again. And so I'm left with now my response to who he is, to say what I do know is true is that when I have no hope, he's my hope. When I have no voice or I'm too afraid to speak, he's my voice. When I'm lonely, he's my friend. And in his grace and mercy, he calls me home again. And so it was this pouring out of my heart of trying to make sense of this gap between the reality of our humanity and the promise of the hope of his divinity. And there's this space in between that we all live and trying to 
meets somewhere in there. And all of that kind of like enclosed in this like <laughs> which you know again seems so paradoxical but again it's like man it's it's true and it's worth celebrating that he's our hope and that he's our voice and that he's our friend and that he shares in our pain i'm not escaping my pain i'm not turning a blind eye to my pain i'm relying on the promise that he gave that he's going to share in that pain with me and that's what made uh you know, this song, again, just be this, this outpouring of, of all of that. And so, so we're going to sing that song right now. And, and I would encourage you to wherever you may find yourself on that spectrum of humanity and divinity and all, all of us being in that spectrum in between, to just, you know, join me in crying out to those things that are true, that he's our hope, he's our voice, he's our friend, he shares in our pain with us. So let's, uh, why don't you guys stand up and we'll, uh, we'll sing this together. Letting go of the lies that I once believed That I had to be something else than how you made me Though I'm broken, I have faith in the promise that you gave Before the start, you bring light for me to see These hurts that I try to hide are no more a mystery And you love me all the same The sinner and the saint Cause you're my hope, hope when I'm hopeless Strength when I'm weak You're my voice when I'm speechless Too afraid to speak You're my friend Your grace and mercy call me home. 
just to lift up a single individual. We're here to lift up Jesus Christ. But I was wondering if you would thank God with me. Thank God for making Bobby Coberson. I was backstage while he shared just now, and I thought, this is what our church needs. We need honesty. And um, I'm just so grateful that God made Bobby. So... <laughs> And, and with that, uh, I was asked uh, to be a part of this project. And so in that, uh, this song, Rescuer, it became very personal to me. And can you raise your hand if you've ever had a song that was like, you heard it at just the right time in your life. There was a song that was just really personal and uh, you heard on the radio or whatever. Yes, me too. And this song was part of my journey. This song uh, was just put in my life at just the right time. And to explain that, I want to give you just a little backstory. In my life, I have really suffered and struggled with insecurity, uh, depression, anxiety, isolation. Um, and I ha am just, a, uh, have really been a, an approval junkie. And when I say that, I'm saying I am not just like, I seek approval from people like we all do. Like, uh, I can really relate to people that suffer from substance abuse because in my life, it has been that addicting where um, it has affected the way I eat, the way I sleep, where and how I work, my relationships. Um, it has really, really affected my life in a negative and destructive way. And not only that, but I also have lived as a faker. And I think of my, I think of my past life as a chameleon and I could kind of watch and discern and, and figure out what people wanted from me and who they wanted me to be. And so I would become that person, leaving behind any sense of self. And um, I really struggled with a lack of sense of self. So like, I couldn't even tell you what my favorite color was because I'd say, well, what's yours? Um, and I, I would just learn and adapt to become what people needed and wanted from me. And that left me prey to be being controlled and manipulated and, um, and being stuck in some very unhealthy relational situations. And so in January of 2015, it got really, really bad by that point. Uh, and I was, I think God just let it get that bad um, to reveal himself to me. My marriage was a, a mess. My family was really in a lot of stress and I had so isolated myself that I had absolutely no friends and um, I was just, I was a mess, and I was really enslaved to this way of living. And then God let it get really, really bad, and he wanted to reveal himself to me. I had to get desperate, I had to hate it. I had to not want it anymore. 
And so he cleared out my life till it was just empty. And then he revealed himself to me. And he showed me that I was his daughter and that he is my daddy. And I still, every time I talk about it, because it's just so real that God is my daddy. And this is the foundation that he chose to rebuild me on. And then this last year and a half, I've been on a rebuild of getting healthy, of knowing truth. And he's rebuilding my relationships healthily. And I'm getting to see my marriage come back to life again and my family come back to life again. And I'm getting to see just all this rebuild and wonder. And it's just glorious. Um, and some of it's still really hard. And I'm still shaking as I'm standing up here because I'm still nervous. Um, well, they like me. <laughs> so I get it. I'm still there, but it doesn't have its hold on me. It doesn't keep me up at night. It's, um, I'm free. Thank you, God. Um, the hard part, the hard part has been looking back. And looking back and all the destruction that I caused and all the people I hurt especially my family. It's been so hard to look back and see my sin. And it's been so hard also to look back and see all the people that controlled me and wonder if I ever was really loved. And it, I was really wrestling this last spring with bitterness. I was just angry and really, really struggling with how to forgive people. And God was pressing this verse um, in Romans into my heart and it says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose and I felt like God was pressing this into me like you know when you everywhere you go it's like well there's that verse again and it's it was just everywhere and he was saying it to my heart and it was becoming real I mean I've heard this verse a bunch of times but it was real now it had flesh now that he was gonna work all my sin out and he was going to work all that hurt that was done to me. And he was going to make it good. And he was going to make something beautiful. And then Sunday morning rolls around and it's time to be on music team. And Bobby turned to me and said, hey, do you want to sing that line from Rescuer? Like, do you sing that one by yourself? And I did the, like, blink, blink. Are you sure? Um, because this is what's going through my heart and in my head. You're going to work all things for good. And the verse that he asked me to sing says... And the wrongs that I have done and the wrongs that I have endured, you're turning them into something good. And I got to sing what he was putting on my heart, like out of my face, <laughs> were the words that God was trying to say to my heart. And the reality that the beautiful thing was going to come out of me in a song, it was just a piece of it. And then a couple weeks later, he asked me to put it on the album. And you, could you sing that line again, but we're gonna do it on the album. So now there's this permanent record, a memorial to what God has done in my life. And it came out of my own face and, um, and, and my own heart. But I didn't even write it. I just got to be a part of it, but it's my story. And so when I sing it and when you hear it, I'm like, oh, it's my story. And so it just gets better. 
because there's a picture that I keep as wallpaper on my phone of Jesus. And uh, there he is. And so I look at this multiple times during a day. And if you look at Jesus' face, he's smiling. And I felt like I was drowning in under the water, just stuck in my sin. And when I looked back, I was like, ugh, I don't want to look there. And I just don't want to um, remember it. I want to deny it or whatever. And Jesus is standing there, and he's saying, I'm going to meet you under the water. I'm going to meet you where you're drowning. Not on top of it, but under it. And it's not shame in his face, and it's not condemnation. It's love and joy and and that realization that you don't know who Jesus is as your savior until you're under the water and you need one. And so this is the thing that I've looked at for like eight months, nine months on my phone. And then Bobby hands me the cover of the CD this week. And I'm like, God, you are utterly outstanding. <laughs> utterly outstanding. This is just my story with this song, that as you listen to it, as you worship today, if you are in a place where you don't think that God can make something beautiful out of what you've done or what's been done to you, that is a lie. That is a lie. And our God is the truth, and he says, oh, yes, I can. And I am especially good at making beautiful things out of broken things. So I hope you can enter in with your story as we sing this song.
It's very hard to sing when you're crying. <laughs> I don't think that uh, uh, any of you, or like me, will, will really be able to hear that song the same way without hearing Molly's story and hopefully hearing your own story in it. Uh, that's been one of the beautiful things about even just this whole project. I, I, I told the band on, on Thursday um, at rehearsal, and with tears in my eyes, because I was kind of surprised by it, where I just said, you know, there, there, there's moments in time where I might have penned some of this stuff, but these songs, they're not my own. I don't think I'll ever be able to hear Be Thou My Vision without Emma. Or a wayfaring stranger without Jen. Rescuer without Molly and the foot of the cross without Molly Hall and, and the contributions that everybody made because they became ours and as representatives of all of this, of what God is doing in you. And we get to be part, it's, yeah. And it's very humbling and it's, it's very um, eye-opening. The song Rescuer, I, I shared on that video that Adam Staple produced, did a fantastic job on that video, it was very cool. If you missed it in the beginning, I think we'll have it on Facebook and stuff, but I, I said that this, this song didn't come from inspiration, it didn't come from desperation, it came from like discipline. I'm, I'm gonna write a song. Yeah, I need, as a songwriter, sometimes there's the job of songwriting where it's like, you don't. If you wait for inspiration to always happen, it, it won't happen. And so I just sat down to write a song, and from that feeling of, I got nothing, uh, this idea of, like, help me, <laughs> came Rescuer. And then later, later on, um, one of the early times that we did this song at church was when Dan and Babs Is It was, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Is It was speaking, you remember that? He's the older gentleman from South Africa that shared about leprosy, how he had leprosy, and gave it to his wife, Babs, and, and how now they devote their whole lives uh, to the uh, um, American Leprosy Mission. And so we did that song, and that, you know, they're amazing people. You just have to like be near them, and you like go, okay, I, I can feel and sense Jesus with us right now, because they're just so connected to him. And so we sang this song, and Babs is it, Dan's wife. She's about four and a half feet tall. <laughs> and she grabs me by the arms. She said, yes, Jesus is our rescuer. And it was at that moment that I like realized, okay, this song is not my own. Because. <laughs> Her definition of Jesus being her rescuer is very, very different than mine. And then you hear Molly share her story with that too, and you just go, okay, there's an element of just letting these things go, and that I think all of us need to take to heart to some degree to say our stories, our situations, our circumstances were not designed to be alone. We're designed to be in community, and how when you share your story, as embarrassing or awkward or difficult as it might be, how it can unlock the story of somebody else. 
And just what a beautiful picture of the church that is. Of being vulnerable, of being honest, and seeing how that then becomes the beautiful thing that God redeems and, and uses. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. And so as we uh, uh, continue to, to, to move right now, I, I truly believe that there's power in music. And I don't say that just because I'm a musician. The church has been using song since its inception. Since there was a thing called the church, they used music and song to remind themselves of truth to remind themselves of hope. You know, and if you remember, we went, just went through that whole 10 series where we walked through this overview of the Bible and there were so many times that people went wayward and it was prophets and poets that were the ones that called them back to God. And these songs that, would, that they would sing to one another, not at one another, that they would be able to be reminded of hope and of truth of who God is. And if you remember, the situations that they were facing uh, were, were in, in, compared to our context, uh, were, were pretty violent. They were, they were facing persecution and murder and scattering and kicked out of their homes. And, and so it was easy for them to be a little doubtful. And yet when they would gather and they would sing, it was where they would find that common place. Many, they didn't have the written word yet. And so songs became the vehicle. Music became the vehicle. And music can do this powerful thing of connecting head and heart. Where I can recite scripture all day long, but when we sing the psalms, it does something different inside. And so as we uh, kind of wrap up our time this morning, um, there's a song I believe that, that I wrote, actually, before at the foot of the cross. It was a long time ago. And I, I again, out of just some of my own conviction of, of, you know, this was in, like, the, you know, late 90s, turn of the, you know, turn of 2000, right around there, where there was a lot of really good music coming out of, like, the church, yet I found myself hungry. I found myself saying, man, I want something that's a little meatier, to remind me of truth. I mean, because there, there's been this movement that had moved away from hymns and now it became very, uh, you know, sing a line of a chorus 15 times and, <laughs> and that became kind of the new norm. And, and I found myself going, man, but, but where, where's the, the truth of the hope? I know that those aren't, those aren't wrong, those songs aren't bad that they would do that, but I wanted something to remind me of, of truth, remind me of who Jesus is, remind me of what he's done, remind me of the hope that I have in him. Remind me of the promise that I have eternity at stake. Remind me that my eternity is secure in him. And so uh, I, I began to just say, okay, well, what, what are the things that we can lean on? Some tenets of the faith. So I wrote down, I, I, I believe that you died and you rose again. I believe that you came to set me free, not to bind me to religion. I believe in the promised Holy Spirit. I believe in God the Father. These things I need to be reminded of because I can get wayward and I can get sidetracked. 
and I start to, you know, believe the lies that I need to take control of my destiny and I need to get, take control of my eternity. And yet, the, uh, the beautiful part in all of this is that God knows that we will go wayward. You know, I love the story of, of Thomas doubting. Jesus just rose again and appeared to them. And he's like, eh, I don't know. Prove it. <laughs> and Jesus invites him closer. Come to me. Touch my scars. And so the fact that in the midst of our waywardness, in the midst of our doubt, in the midst of our brokenness, he says, come closer. He's not sitting back with arms folded going, well, I'm right here. I can, I can fix you with the you know, touch of a button, but you just got to show up. He says, no, come, 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 come closer. I know you're doubting. I know you're struggling. I know you're wandering. I know that you're wayward. And he extends an invitation to, to draw closer, which I, I desperately need to be reminded of. And so as we, uh, as we sing uh, this song, uh, I'm going to encourage you to go to the table of communion, a physical representation of these tenets of faith that we believe in. The life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that gives us the promise of hope of eternity forever because he defeated death once and for all and invited us to join him in that victory so that we will not perish, but we will have eternal life with him forever. So we're going to sing that. We're going to participate in that. We're going to remind one another of that because I know if you're anything like me, I need that reminder. I need that reminder to, to change the way I live so that I live as somebody that believes that. And so I'm going uh, to pray for us just to kind of end our time. And again, we're going to sing this song. And I would encourage you to go to the table to be reminded of these things that are true. True of you, true of me, because of what Jesus has done. So let's pray together. God, you are our rescuer. It is in your power and in your strength and in your love for us that you have made a way for us to be with you, to know you, to commune with you. And so God, as we sing, as we've gathered, as we remember you at the table, we pray that you would impress that on our hearts ever more so, so that we truly will act differently as people that have hope. And so in the midst of our wandering and in the midst of our, of our doubt, we accept your invitation to draw closer to you. And we ask that you would speak to us there. And so God, we believe in you and we love you. Please help our unbelief. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
In this dark, I reach for you. Oh, Lord, please hear my cry. I've been blinded by my sin and believed in a lie. I'm on my knees and begging, please forgive my sin. I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. Cause I believe that you died and rose again. I believe that you came to set me free. I believe in the promised Holy Spirit. I believe in God the Father. I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. I believe. Just one touch. Touch my heart, every part, open up my eyes, I believe, Lord help my unbelief, cause I believe that you died and rose again, I believe that you came to set me free, I believe in the promised Holy Spirit, I believe in God the Father. one more time for Bobby and the band. Let's thank them. 
I was talking to someone after first service, and they looked me in the eye, and they just went, wow. They were just so impacted by that service. And I know for me, I'm not usually emotional, and I've been moved to tears several times this morning, so I want to thank you for, for that, you guys. That was great. This can reverberate into the week because we have uh, CDs for sale out in the lobby. And pick one of those up. We also have a digital version of those that you can purchase on the app. I asked Bobby, how much are we charging for these? And when he said $6, I go, that's all? $6? Especially after you listen to the music. I, I'm uh, kind of frugal. And I said, I'd pay at least 7 or 8 or <laughs> maybe even 10 So I encourage you if, you, if you'd like, you can pay extra if you want. And that money, extra money, wouldn't go into Bobby's pockets or the band's pockets. It would go toward future um, projects that hopefully we'll have more of these albums down the road. So I have a couple of things I want to point out. First of all, there, as always, are elders at the crosses here. If you've been moved this morning and you need prayer or want to pray with someone, we'll have elders over here by the crosses. If you're new here or relatively new, we have a connection lounge in the back. Be sure to uh, say hello back there. If you have any questions, there are some friendly people there to uh, welcome you. A couple of other things. I want to introduce you to Alpha. Now this morning, we've been talking about the hope of Christ. All through this uh, service, I've been hearing that message reverberating. There's hope in Christ. And it gives me such encouragement, but it also spurs me to want to tell others. About that hope. And Alpha is an opportunity where we can invite others to find out about the hope that we have in Jesus. And so Alpha is a group that's starting this fall. It's going to be at Titletown Brewing Company on Wednesday night starting September 14th. There's going to be free food, there's a video, and there's some discussion that will go on. So I really encourage you to go out in the lobby by the kiosk, the Alpha kiosk, pick up an invitation and think about friend, a family member, a co-worker, somebody you can invite to Alpha so that others can find out about the hope of Christ. One other thing I want to point out is leadership launch. Put that on your calendar. It's uh, Saturday, September 17th. There's a free lunch, free child care, but best of all, it's a way for you to connect with our church as either plugging in as a volunteer or as a leader. It's, it's a great day, and I really encourage you to go out in the lobby by the kiosk, sign up there, or you can sign up in the app or online. I want to close with a benediction from Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Let me read this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen, and thank you, everyone. Have a great week.